This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, you know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Welcome, 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 welcome. Bobbycast 279. Thank you for hanging out. We will talk to new artist Nikita Carmen. I'm such a big fan. She's got a new record out today. She's from Australia. She's funny. You're going to like the interview. We're going to talk to Maddie in the morning, who is a Boston morning show host. But he's been on for 40 years. I just want to know about the 80s and the 90s. I mean, I've already done the interview at this point. Uh, but man, just the career the guys had. Everybody in radio looks up to this guy, and he's been on for 40 freaking years, and that's pretty cool. So we talked to him about that, and you'll also hear Eddie and I talk about music, which he comes on about every other week or so, and I have a jukebox, and he's going to suggest, now I guess just tell me what five albums to put in my jukebox. So that's all up there. That's all coming up. As always, the five new music selections I am most excited about this week. At number five, the champion of The Voice, Jake Hoot, has released a song. It's a duet with Kelly Clarkson. It's called I Would Have Loved You. Check it out. Now I gotta. Admit, I don't watch The Voice. Never heard of it, actually. More of an American Idol guy myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. Hey, Jay Coot. I never, I actually never seen him on the show. But obviously, guy can sing. You just don't have a lot of people come from that show that have careers. Because that, that show is so based around the judges mm-hmm. more than the contestants. And it's not a slight toward anything. Just as good talent on both. But it's just the, the TV shows and what they're made for. The Voice is made for which judge is going to win. They keep tallies of judges and how many championship seasons they have. And it's great because of that. American Idol is not yet famous judges and an extremely famous mentor. Mm-hmm. But it's about, you know, the careers of the artists. I mean, Gabby Barrett's freaking killing it. And she was on with me 
three years ago. You know, it hasn't taken her very long. It, you know, Lacey K. Booth is going to be kind of a force in Nashville, I feel like. Lane Hardy. And so they're here. But good for uh, Jake Hoot. Pretty cool. Uh, at number four, Eric Church has a new song called Heart on Fire. Here you go. I soak in my soul in gas and set my heart on Number three, Heath Sanders. He has a new EP out. I think it's four or five songs called Common Ground. Here is a song called Old School's In. is really good. I mean, his story is he was working in an oil field in Arkansas. He had posted a Chris Stapleton cover. I guess I had some friends on Facebook that had some friends of his on Facebook and they were like, hey, check this guy out. And I'm always looking around a little bit. And I was like, holy crap. So I messaged him. That he didn't think it was me. So I had Morgan number one message him. And we were like, hey, you're really... He's like, is this a joke? Like he thought his <laughs> friends were messing with him. And finally... He got on Messenger with me, knew it was me, and I said, hey, drive over. You can come sing on the show. And he's like, what? I said, yeah. Uh, this was at like nine that night. So he didn't drive that night. But the next day, he, dro- he drove all the way over. And I had set up a segment with a few different executives in music and three different ones to kind of tell him what they thought of his sound, if he should try in Nashville, if he should keep playing the bars. And so he, he played, and all three of them really liked him, but one of them specifically was like, hey, you should just come with me. And so this executive took him, they left, signed a publishing deal like three months later to write songs and get paid for it, which turned into a record deal. He then moved from Arkansas to Nashville, and this is his first, first EP on a real-life label. I mean, the guy's he's really good. On my TikTok, you'll see a video of him playing in studio. And you don't hear the guitars that much because I just wanted you to hear you know, his vocals, kind of a raw audio. But check out Heath Sanders. He did, we brought him on to the Raging Idiot show at the Ryman a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and he did Faithfully. Oh, yeah. Faithfully that was crazy. Bad, which was really good. Maybe we play that on Monday's radio show. Okay. Because his record's out, and it was also a really good version, and people like that song, so uh, we should do that. All right, Heath Sanders is at number three. At number two, it's Matt Carney, who I'm such a massive fan of, obviously. He has a song called Powerless. Here it is. When it comes to It is our guest who will be coming up in a little bit, Nikita Carmen. She put out her debut album, The Garden. It's nine songs. I think you're going to like it. Here is a new song from Nikita Carmen called Own Roses. How cool my own roses Wasn't easy at the start When you're not quite sure where home is When you're growing in the dark Always thought I need somebody that out. Uh, new releases as far as albums. Andy DeFranco has a record. Revolutionary Love. Chris Bayo of Vampire Weekend has Deadhead Control. But there isn't a lot, huh? Nope. 
That's about it. Uh, in the news, Chris Christopherson has, quote, quietly retired from music. He's 84 years old. He actually wrote, performed Me and Bobby McGee. And Janis Joplin made it a huge hit. And she never got to see that song become a hit. Did you know that? She, she died. died, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he wrote um, and performed Me and Bobby McGee. Help me make it through the night, Sunday morning coming down for, for the good times. Uh, his son, John, is now handling the family business. Dan and Shay will be the headliners of Highway 77 Music Festival in September 21st at the Pro Football Hall of Fame Village in Canton, Ohio. The bill also includes Kelsey Ballerini, Maddie and Tay, Eric Pasley, and Tyler Farr. But we are now seeing announcements for music, which is a big deal because we've seen no new announcements of unknown projects, unknown festivals yet. You know what I mean? Only cancellations, basically. Or, or, or delays. Yeah. So, pretty cool. Let's, let's hope everybody gets their vaccines and let's rock. You know? Still on that wait list. Are you? Yeah. I mean, for when we're planning our wedding, I think we're going to be okay. And I'm not even sure. And it's after yours. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, it's a good sign that promoters are scheduling shows, though. It doesn't mean that a full gathering of, of thousands of people is going to be safe. But you know what? It doesn't mean it's not in September. I feel, I feel okay about that. Yeah. Yeah. The Beastie Boys' Mike D is selling his 1999 MTV VMA Moon Man and Platinum Plaques for charity. You can view the entire lot of Beastie Boys' items over at Sotheby's, and you can place bids um, up until the end of the day today, or like 2 p.m. today? Yep. If you're hearing this, you probably already missed it. But that would be pretty cool. Beastie Boys' Mike D used to give any awards the group received to his mom, saying they weren't something he needed to look at. His mom passed away, so he has stuff, and he's... Auctioning it off now to benefit Good Eats, a program that feeds hungry elementary school children on the weekends. Boy, those guys just always give back, huh? Mm-hmm. Phil Collins' ex is auctioning off his gold records. Not for a good cause, though. <laughs> yeah, not, not the same thing. <laughs> you know, that is not a good relationship. It's very messy. You can now be the owner of Phil Collins' awards or gold records on the cheap. Uh, she got the boot from his mansion and then found a way to make money, auctioning off handbags, shoes, even some of Phil's awards and gold records. That's, that situation is just weird. Read I mean, the TMZ stories about them. It'd be kind of cool to have it, though. <laughs> I'd feel bad, though, if I owned something that was his that he wants, but she got and yeah. then sold. It's like having a stolen stereo. And you're like, I like it. I think it was stolen from the guy across the street. <laughs> Ed Sheeran overtakes John Mayer to capture the Billboard chart record. His surprise single, Afterglow, just allowed him to pull past John Mayer and set a new chart record. Afterglow has become Ed's 13th top 10 Billboard adult pop airplay chart song. That's the most of any solo male artist in the 25-year history. Elvis's biopic casts Gary Clark Jr. and Yola. Pretty cool there. I mean, Gary Clark Jr. used to play my, uh, excuse me, Gary Clark Jr. used to play my Austin local TV show Yeah, back in the day. And you used to like see him out. like All the time. 7-Eleven. I mean, he was just in town. I'd see him all the time. Uh, and he used to come by and be like, hey, man, I'll play the TV show. All right, come on. 11 <laughs> people watching, but good luck. <laughs> so that's your uh, news. That's your new music. Hang around. Got some pretty fun stuff we're talking about this show. Appreciate you guys. If you don't mind, go and rate this thing. Give us a bunch of stars and write a little review. If you have a second, we'd really appreciate that. And check out Mike D's podcast, Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. Yes. What's on this week? We're talking about ways to find out if a movie sucks or not just by watching the trailer. Mm -hmm. And then also actors who play the exact same role in every single movie. Did you get any of that AMC stock? I didn't, no. Well, locked up. It went way up and then went way down and... (laughs) Now everybody's all butthurt about it. One, 
So, all right, cool. Thank you. Check out Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. And away we go. So I had the jukebox in my house. And when I bought this house and I was like walking through looking at it, the owner had owned the jukebox and had left it there to stage it to make it look cool. And I was like, dang, that does look really cool. Like, you got me. I also want the jukebox. <laughs> so when it was time to buy the house, inside of the negotiation, I really wanted the jukebox. Didn't know if it even worked. I just knew it looked cool. You've seen it. Yeah, it's really cool. It looks cool. So being that we're in Nashville and there's so much music here, there are a few different people that specialize in jukeboxes still today. So it took me a bit because of the pandemic to get somebody to come to the house. And they did. And they were like, okay. They were looking through it. And they were like, dang, this has never been used. And I was like, is it records? I didn't even get inside of it because I don't want to break it. And they're like, no, it's CDs, but it's never been used. And they're like, you probably sell this thing for like $20,000. And I was like, what? Now, is it rigged to not take money, or do you still have to pay to play it? And I think you can do either one. <laughs> you start charging for but, it. But um, first of all, I was shocked that it was that expensive. Yeah. Now I'm like, I don't even want to use it. It's that expensive. Um, but you just type in a number, and it flips and grabs a CD. It, it was butt empty, right? And so I don't own any CDs anymore. And I thought, okay, it has 100 slots. I'm going to fill this with the 100 CDs that are like the best to me. And so I started, and I've put three in so far. And the reason Eddie's here is I'm going to let him actually put five CDs in this thing That's for amazing. me. But the three that I have, the first one I put in was John Mayer Continuum, which is probably my favorite album of all time, period. So uh, what song do we have here, Mike? Uh, Stop This Train, my favorite uh, song. Not only from this album, but in all of life. Do you remember track numbers? Yeah. Yeah, this is probably seven. <laughs> Seven, seven to me when we had CDs. Seven or eight. Yeah. Seven to me was always the strong track. I remember knowing. I remember going to the, the songs that I liked and being like, "Wow, that's seven too. Interesting." Did you look up the number? Number seven. Nice. <laughs> Nailed it. I saw Mike look at me. I was like, "I'm either very wrong or I'm very right." <laughs> Got it. But you know, like track one on that record is "Waiting on the World to Change." I believe you can yep. fa- fact check me. Correct. Come on, you know it. And that was the big single. Yeah. You know, and it did fairly well. I, but it was such a radio song. Like, if your favorite artist's song, if you if your favorite ar- song from your favorite artist is a radio song, I'm not really your favorite artist. Oh, that's not true. I don't agree with yeah, that. I do. Because Better Man is my favorite and Pearl Jam's my wow, favorite artist. What yeah. a poser. No, nah, I, I, I know every other song, but Better Man is my favorite. Um, so, but I, yeah, I really hate the song. <laughs> <laughs> and it starts off with this one. Like, the two that I don't like of all John Mayer, I mean, I guess I still like, but I'm like, no, thank you, are Your Body's in Wonderland. Oh, such a jam. And no, not waiting this on one. This waiting on the world one. to change. Waiting on the world to change. Yeah. So I did put Continuum in, and then I put in the Dixie Chicks. Their first record, their Classic. first, their first big record, Wide Open Spaces. Let me turn that up a little bit. And then I put in Casey Musgraves' Golden Hour. Oh, that's a good one. I think I'll get all the Casey stuff in eventually. I don't want to commit to all three records right now, but I, Casey's basically my favorite contemporary country artist. But those are three I've put in. I have a, I have a stack at the house. And there are 100 slots? 100 slots. Okay, so the first three were those three. So 95 for me, I'm giving you five. And who knows, I may make this a bit. And I just don't want to let Mike D pick one. He's going to pick like Lemuria, some punk. Or yeah, something. I don't think you want any of my music in there. da 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 it's like, but I mean, but you want your jukebox bones to be pretty eclectic. But nobody would play Lemuria, some punk band, unless it's Mike. It's true. I got one that maybe you would like. What? 
Green Day Dookie. That's oh, a good one. that needs to go in. That's a good one. Dare you have that time? That was instrumental in my lifetime, too. Of course it was. Oh, man. I think I'm going to let you have that one, Mike. Yeah, All right, I got one. you're in, Mike. Yeah, I can't not do Green Day Dookie. Do you have the time to listen to me whine? Long views in that one. Yeah. Even all by myself. Dude, I'm going to play that when I go to your house. Okay. Eddie, you have five CDs you get to put in. This was probably the funnest thing I've ever done for your podcast. Okay. I'm so excited. And I'll start with the least favorite that I think you're going to be like, no, dude, come on. But you need this in your jukebox. Okay. And it's Bob Dylan, Blonde on Blonde. And I'll tell you What's why. This, song? this is just like a woman. And this is pivotal in Bob Dylan's career. Go this ahead. is a huge album because they started recording this album in New York City when he was still a folk singer. But he was like, I'm just not liking it. The producer was like, I'm just not liking this folk thing anymore. Let's go to Nashville and finish this record. And they got the best musician, best session musicians in Nashville to work on this record. I've read so much on so much on this bones. It was recorded like two blocks from here. This is this is the time when Bob started his electric sound and very like this. We always sound like no, this. no. You you're gonna hear this album and then you're gonna say, "Dang, you know what? This is pretty cool." Okay, turn this up a little bit. It was just like a woman. I mean, I don't mind some Bob Dylan, but you know I'm not a huge you're gonna Dylan love, fan. You're going to love this one. And I've read, again, I've read so much on this that the sessions, this is how they would be. He would he would tell the, all the musicians to show up at a certain time. And they would show up, think they were going to record, and he would just go in the control room and write. And they would just wait. Uh, like, And they would wait till 2 in the morning sometimes. And then Bob Dylan would be like, I got it. Let's go. And let's play this. And they recorded everything live. So what you hear is how their session went, and that's what it was. Love it. Okay, Bob Dylan, Blonde on Blonde. There's one slot. Jeez. No, you're going to love like it. like a count up? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's going to get better. Okay, go ahead. And then my first CD ever, it has to go in there. It's George Strait, Pure Country. I cross my heart. More than like the hits or anything. It like was that. tough. For, and there aren't, there aren't, there's only one greatest hits out of this. I felt like it would be unfair just to do greatest hits. If you want to do that with your 95, go ahead. But I felt like you need solid albums. Pure Country is so good. It's got Cross My Heart, Heartland, even with his son Bubba singing when he was a little boy, Where the Sidewalk Ends. This was my first CD, and I got conned by my brother. Uh, he was like, hey, man, you, you want to go half with me on this CD? And then he kept it. I never saw it. But it was my <laughs> first CD ever to buy, so that goes in your jukebox. All right, so far, Bob Dylan, George Strait, pure, and Pure Country specifically. Yes, that's okay. the soundtrack, soundtrack to the movie. movie. All right, next up. Whew, I had to go Beatles, Bones. I, was, I don't know that I'm putting any Beatles in there until now. So I had to go Beatles, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, out of all the great Beatles albums, do we want to go Greatest Hits? You could. But, Bones, even the Greatest Hits, they're all mixed in. They're all separated in their different little subgenres of the Beatles. You want Soup Beatles? That's one Greatest Hits. You want Psychedelic Drugs Beatles? That's another one. You know, like So it's hard to find one that's got all of them together. But I'm going to go Strawberry, um, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts, Hearts Club Band. This has Strawberry Feels, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, A Day in the Life, A Little Help of My Friends. You need this one on there. All right. Put this down. Got it. Yeah, it's good. 
I do. <laughs> you like this one, don't That's you? A good one. Okay. So I can't have you have a jukebox without Pearl Jam in it. And again, this is hard because there are so many albums, and I couldn't do Vitology. Which Why not? Is because you got a lot of throwaway tracks. I, I feel like Vitology was the album that Pearl Jam said, you know what? Beep you. Like, I'm just going to give you trash. <laughs> I'm going to throw in three or four good songs in here, and the rest is going to be garbage that only the fans are going to like, and everyone else can go, like, suck on it. <laughs> like, I feel like that's what they did with Vitology. I love that album. So I'm going to go with 10, the first album that the world heard and was introduced to. Uh, introduced Pearl Jam to. Uh, it's got Even Flow, Alive, Jeremy, Black. The cool thing about this album, Bones, and I remember this because of the jukebox in my college. I would go play pool at the rec center and they had 10 in the jukebox. If you play the last track release, it's 30 minutes because there's a hidden track that goes on and on. It's just instrumental. So I would do that to piss the entire wreck off. It <laughs> was so great. You'd, pay, you'd play the last single song for a quarter yeah. or whatever. And then it would take 40 minutes to go to the next yes, person's song. And everybody would be like, what is this? And the jukebox had to play because that was the hidden track. That's dirty. <laughs> there were some good hidden tracks, though, back in the day because now you can't do that really because you can see the time on a digital track. Yeah. You can see the track. But the County Crows, oh, you know, yeah. whenever they paid paradise to put it, when they did that Joni Mitchell song, that was a hidden track at first. Really? It was a hidden track, and then they ended up putting it on an, a later version of it with Vanessa Carlton. The first one wasn't even with them. Oh, wow, I didn't realize on, that. Um, the County Crows record with the fishbowl in the front. Yes, A Desert Life. Yeah, that one had a hidden track. And they're like, yeah. one small step for man. One, two, three, four. And then stops. And then it, no, but then it goes into a, a different little part. Yes, but there it is. Yeah. The hidden tracks were awesome back in the day. Yeah. So this one has a hidden track. Okay. So we have Pearl. We have Bob Dylan, George Strait, The Beatles, Pearl Jam 10. Okay. And lastly, dude, this is the best CD I ever owned, Garth Brooks' The Hits. This is the one with his American flag face. Is this one disc? It's one disc, Bones, and it has everything. I mean, Friends in Low Places, The Dance, The River of Tomorrow Never Comes. I mean, this is the one that I've, I feel like I still have it and I would like to gift it to you, but... I don't think it's playable. I played it so much that it's all scratched up now. I'll have to go back and check. But this to me, hands down, when I was 12, 11, my favorite thing in the whole wide world. I can see the, the cover. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. His face is the American flag. Yeah, I have a bunch of Garth Brooks records. Uh, not the hits, though. How many, about- how many albums are you going to go with greatest hits? So, well, the, the next two I'm putting in are Kenny Rogers' greatest hits. Yeah. So that one's queued up to go in. Um, the next time I, I load it up, and then Hootie and the Blowfish, but not a greatest hits. Cracked review. Yeah. So I basically, do, I yeah, I do have some greatest hits, but I'm not being a snob about it. Because I thought about George Strait greatest hits. Yes, that'd be a good one. Uh, the Eagles greatest hits, mm-hmm. like 19s and 19s. Yes, that's a big one. You know the um, kind of Counting Crows greatest hits, but not really across the live wire. Oh no, no, that's. That's amazing. You know, Live in New York, the double album. Yes, one acoustic, Blue the other is electric. Blue acoustic, red's the electric one. Oh, dude, so good. Mm-hmm. I figured you were going to do that on your own, so I didn't put that in mine. So I have six records, Dad, now at 94, because Mike D put in Green Day Dookie. Woo! Do you have the time? Yeah, there it is. Do so this is Basket Case. Why? What else was on this record? I when, I, when, when I come around. When I, when I come. Yeah, it's the jam. Longview, obviously. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah. I was all alone. I was all by myself. Was that a hidden track? I'm thinking of you. Maybe. 
Mike, was that a hidden track? I think it was. Oh so, yeah. I was thinking it's of you. Myself. We played that at a school talent show once. Oh, Bones. We did. And everyone's like, okay, we, we did get it. that, and we did. I got a girl. She looks real good. I got a girl. She meant you know, cause I know. Yeah. And I need you. Remember that song? Did you know what I you were doing when you would do that? No. Okay, see, I didn't either, and we would go to family events. Like I'm, t- I'm talking to my whole family, and I would sing Crash Dave Matthews Band. Oh yeah. And I was like, hack up your skirt a little more and show the world to me. And my dad and all my uncles would be like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what are you singing right now? We didn't know though. I had no clue. Oh, this was the jam. Trippin' Daisy. Turn that up. And it was easy to play. There were only three of us in the band. And so the drummer could do his little part, Tanner, our guitarist, play it up. And and I could kind of sing this because it's like a goofy guy. That's good. And then it kicks in right here. Turn it up right here. Well, I know that I need you. You guys don't even know. You're maybe too young for this, you kids out there. When crappy music was awesome, this is it. (laughs) There's a lot of it. Mike, did you know this? I did not. It's in the system, though? Yeah. Oh. We have an alternative station here in the building? Apparently. Or we may have. We know nothing. Okay. Uh, That's what's up. Eddie, thank you for your time. Check out the Sore Losers podcast, which Eddie is on. What's going on over there? What are you guys talking about now, mostly? Uh, mostly, I mean, the Super Bowl was a big, big, big topic. Now, it still will be, huh? Yeah, and now uh, after this, we'll probably go into a little college basketball. But uh, we're trying to get more guests in. We had Ryan Hurd recently. Um, so, uh, dude, we just realized there's a lot of country artists that we have access to, obviously, but they're all a lot of sports fans. And uh, next, I'm going to try to get the low cash guys on here to talk sports. They oh, cool. Love, and they're both Tampa. They're, one of them lives in Tampa now, so like. Yeah, we'll talk to him soon. Check out the Sore Losers podcast with Eddie, Ray, and Lunchbox. And that's what's up. Thank you. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort. Little to no break-in period. Like, it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet and the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. <laughs> Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as The Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, 
That's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means the families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food. So the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. All right, Nikita Carmen is here. Uh, Nikita Carmen's new album, The Garden, is out today. It's nine songs. How pumped are you that you finally have a big collection of music that's out for people to have? I am so excited. I mean, I pretty much just listen to myself anyway <laughs> on my phone, and I'm like, people get to listen to me too now. Let me play uh, some of Pirates tonight. This is uh, track one on Nikita's album, The Garden. So you wrote this with Walker Hayes Mm -hmm. and Josh Jenkins. Uh, How long ago did you write this one? I actually wrote this one in quarantine. So we wrote this over Zoom. Was that weird for you to write stuff on computer? Yes. I know some people really like Walker, really likes it. I hate it still. Why? um, It's just like everyone kind of stands there awkwardly and you kind of don't want to talk over people, but it's like you can't really read the room. Yeah. But, um, But I've written a couple of songs I really like over it, so I can't complain. Nikita's from Australia, and I know you went back home during some of the pandemic. But what was crazy was watching your Instagram, you fly over, which is fine, but then you actually can't get in the country unless you stay in a hotel for two weeks with no contact at all, right? Yeah, it was so strange to like land and like there's like army people in the army scrubs just like lead you out to a, on a bus and you don't even know where you're going until you get on the bus. So let me get this straight. You get off the airplane, (laughs) people in like army gear, as you would say, army scrubs, they, they say, okay, come with us and get on this this big bus with these other people. Yeah. And you don't know where you're going? No. You don't they, know the hotel you're staying in? No. And then when you're on the way there, they be like, hey, you're staying at the Marriott in Darling Harbor, which is that's where I was staying, which is a five-star hotel, but you don't really get five-star treatment. <laughs> so did you have to pay to yes. stay there for 14 days? Yes. Like the hotel rate? Not the hotel rate. It's just like a fixed rate of $3,000. I'm still trying to get out of it. So the New South Wales government's going to chase me down. So you you stayed there, didn't pay, and then flew back to America, basically. <laughs> I will pay for it eventually. I'm just I'm just waiting, waiting for this album to blow up. Yeah, yeah. Then you guys <laughs> have money growing out of your ears. Yeah. So what do you do for 14 days? And do you have Netflix? Do you have room service? Yeah, I mean they they supply all the meals, but it's kind of like airplane food. But 
probably worse. Could you order food though yeah, if you wanted it? You could order food, which I started doing because like the first meal I got was um, a bagel and cream cheese, which doesn't sound horrible, but uh, it was like frozen still. So I like called up the desk and I was like, do you guys have like a toaster or something I can put this in? And the person was like, we assure you everything's completely safe to eat. That was, the that was it. And she goes, it might not be how you like it. I was like, <laughs> Did you, do you like- feel like they treated you like a lower class? Because you didn't check into the hotel because you wanted to stay at their hotel, but because you were kind of forced into there? Yeah, probably. Yeah, you kind of, it, it feels so weird. Like, even getting off the bus, it felt like kind of like getting off the bus in prison. <laughs> what, I imagine, <laughs> what I would imagine that would be like, because people were walking past the bus and they quickly put, like, walked away from us and put a mask on. Like, don't go near them. They're probably infected. Were you working the whole time that you were in your hotel room writing or did you just kind of get so bored that you didn't know what to do? Yeah, I kind of started, I tried to start writing stuff, but the walls were kind of thin and I felt like the people next to me were going to like hate me if I kept singing the same thing over and over again. So I ended up just starting Grey's Anatomy again from season one and then just playing my Nintendo Switch really. Were you so bored? (laughs) Surprisingly, like the days went pretty fast because I would sleep into like midday. So then by the time... I'd gotten up. I was like, well, half the day's always almost over. But then you would be able to go back to sleep at night? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Here is a track two from Nikita Carmen. This is some of her song, Better. Your mom and dad were musical. Mm-hmm. Their, ho- their their band was called Hotel Berlin, maybe? Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, met, I met Nikita's parents. I went over to Australia and, and met them. Did they want you to do music? Um, they never really pushed it, actually, because both of my sisters also sing. And kind of growing up, my, I, mean, my, I was talking to my parents about this when I went back home, um, how I was like, I remember you used to tell me that I was the worst singer out of the lot. And my mom's like, well, you were. <laughs> Are you the best now, or are they just both still that good? Um, no, they're both good. I I feel weird saying I'm the best now, but I'm like, I guess like my older sister did it professionally as well. But um, In Australia? Yeah. What was she doing professionally? She was just, uh, she was playing in the cover band. Okay. And I was always like the, the writer though. So. You were playing at a pub whenever I met you. Mm-hmm. You were doing two things. You were playing at a pub like on the weekends and evenings, but you were doing photo editing. Yeah. All day long. Yeah. And, and the first time we had talked, you were actually working in the, in the Photoshop. But when you would play a pub in Australia, like what, what does that look like? Are, the, are people eating? Is it a bar? Like what is that? Um, yeah, it kind of depends when, when you would play. Like I would play on Thursday night and that would get pretty rowdy. I would have like, I have a funny story. I've had people throw coins at me. <laughs> to shut up or to play something? Well, I think they were tipping, but Australians don't know how to tip. <laughs> And then I've had people like gargling just milk in front of me and people just told me to be quiet so they could hear the football behind me on the screens. But They would play football. Is that soccer to you? Well, it's uh, rugby. Okay. Wow. Man, football's three <laughs> different things. Okay, so rugby over the top of you while you're playing? Yeah. That's a bad situation for you to be in. Well, it looks like people are looking at me at least. Yeah. <laughs> They're not. So you're playing music while they have rugby over you at times. Is that one of those jobs, though, where you have to learn basically every cover song just so you can continue playing? Yeah, I mean, it was a three-hour gig, and I would play some of my own originals, but you you have to play stuff to get people actually listening to you. So, you know, there's just, like, all the pub classics that really go off in Australia, like Torn by Natalie Imbruglia, like, stuff like that that can't really 
fail. What are the pub classics? Give me the top five pub classics. Ooh. Natalie and Brulia Torn. If you had a go-to and you're like, I know this is going to get them back, what do you play? Wonderwall by Oasis. Always. It doesn't them? matter what age. No. Everybody loves Wonderwall. That's two. Um, what else would I do? I would do... <laughs> well, we got it all day. Yeah. And hang out. Let's say, I'm, I'm curious to know if you're like, all right, I know this one really well. Yeah. Let me, let me get back into this one. Save Tonight. I always oh, do that one. Eagle Eye Cherry. Mm-hmm. Solid. I'm going to need two more from you, though. Yeah. See, Better Together by Jack Johnson always goes quite well. Mm-hmm. Jolene. Okay, there mm-hmm. you go. Jolene. I did it. Your fifth, which the Jolene story is pretty, pretty funny as far as uh, us together. Before I tell that one, I'm going to play uh, track three called Eight Houses from Nikita Carmen. Jolene is funny to me because, and, and we'll get into how we met in a second, but you were on stage. It was your first time with the Raging Idiots. You were just singing back up because you had just come to America. And I was like, all right, let's see what she does. Right? Wasn't Jolene the song? Yes. Was that the, one, the first one you played? Well, I played Somewhere With You by Kenny Chesney. And then I, that's what oh, I was that's prepared. what it was. I okay. prepared to do that. I, I said, hey, I may call you up to the front. And you got your guitar and you played Somewhere With You, la, 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 la. And then I told Eddie, don't walk out there. Because <laughs> our show, and still a bit at the time, was so much improvisation that I was going to see, let's see if she can handle herself. Let's not. I, the song is over. Ever tell you the story? No. She just moved to America. She's with us. She walks out and plays her song, and I told the whole band, don't go out there. Let's just see how she does when her song's over. Just stay out here. And so the song ends, <laughs> and the crowd claps, and, and then she's looking over, and we're not doing anything. We're just letting her see what she does. Takes her guitar and goes, and starts going, Jolene. And it plays it in the crowd. <laughs> ah! And I was like, oh, yeah, she's good. She's good to go. She's fine to be with us. Do you remember that? Yes. Do you know where we were? Oh, I have no idea where we were. Maybe Everything's like, like Richmond, blur. Virginia. Or do you remember the night we were all in the back when we were doing, and I would walk five, and we all blew out our voices? <laughs> yes. And it was the same night of the Paris shooting as well. Yes, I remember that, actually. Where, where they went into the theater and shot people, yeah, kill people. That and, was my first trip when I came to play with you guys and I was like, this is America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy, huh? I wonder if that was the first night. Is that the first night or the second night? Oh, I think that was the second night. Yeah. we um, Nikita and I met because Eddie and I were doing Raging Idiot stuff and I was like, man, I'd like to have a really strong female that's, that's a little bit different. And so we had talked to like 30 females to be in the group and it, none of them were like to us something that was, you know, a little quirky, a little different, but still really good. And then finally, someone was like, hey, we have this girl in Australia, but she can't come. She's got to talk to you on, um, uh, on like, FaceTime or maybe Skype. Yeah. And so they're like, boom, and they put her up on the screen. Doom, and she's like, hey, I'm in the hallway at my wedding photo editing place. <laughs> and then she had her guitar, and she replayed in the hallway, right? Mm-hmm. And we were like, dang. And I got to credit Gordon at Black River because I was like, hey, I would like to have her over here. And he was like, okay, we'll fly her, flew her over, and she stayed. You haven't 
You've lived here since. Yes. And that was 2015. That was, yeah, that was insane. And I remember telling my mom, I was like, so I'm going to go to America to go and meet a guy on the internet. <laughs> but it turned out to be quite advantageous, actually. Yeah, and I'm a pretty good guy. It's true. We Wikipedia'd you. And uh, mom's like, oh. yeah, I think he's famous. <laughs> <laughs> so that situation happened. She comes here. Then she, we weren't doing the big shows, but she was. you were opening mm-hmm. and just killing in merch and selling CDs. People were just blown away by her. Um, and I remember we had a talk and I said, hey, I think you should start to do stuff without me. Like start to do your own thing. So I'm going to give you the option. You can come and open for me for this tour or you can go and do other things. So you can pick either way. And you picked not to open for me. And then like two months later, you're like, she was like, oh, crap, I should have opened for you. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, here is Came Close from Nikita Carmen. And you came close, kiss me till I felt it in my bones. Help me till the morning with my eyes closed. But I guess my heart knows something that I don't. Cause I never felt in love. But I your parents in that 80s band, Hotel Berlin, what what success did they have? Um, not very much. <laughs> um, I mean, they had, like, fun. They weren't really, like, professional. They had some pretty amusing music video clips they shot at the, in the backyard of our house. Yeah, are they still, for fun, playing any music at all? No. None? No. I mean, my mom just sings all the time anyway. <laughs> still? She good? Yeah. Yeah? Do you remember the first song you learned on guitar? Um, yes, it was Sooner or Later by Michael Tolcher, and then closely followed by Hands by Jewel. Do you still know them? I don't think I would know Sooner or Later. I don't even know what that song is. No. Uh-uh. Is he Australian? Sooner or later, we'll be looking back on everything. You always know every song. Yeah, I don't, that's, that, that must be a crappy one. It must I be. I only know only the ones that aren't crappy. <laughs> Mike, do you know that song? No, I can't even find it. Uh, you have an identical twin sister? Mm-hmm. How, how's Desiree doing? She's good. She, um, actually... Her wrote one of the songs on the album with me. Did you guys do that over, over like Sky or Zoom, or did you do it at home? She just kind of like wrote like the start of it, and then she sent it to me, and I was like, "Look, the start of the chorus is pretty good. I reckon I can work with that." And then I ended up just changing a few things around, and then I didn't tell her it was going to be on the album until me and Walker cut it, and I was like, "Here you go." So she'll make like eight dollars. That's cool. I know. Yeah. Yeah. US though would be pretty good in Australia. Is the money <laughs> if you have ten dollars here, what do you think it is in Australia? Ooh. Is it more than ten dollars yeah. there? Yeah. Are, are you a makeup artist? Well, I am trained as a makeup artist back in Australia. What? Mm-hmm. It's just something that I learned for fun. But are you a certified makeup mm-hmm. artist? You got some you got a certificate? Yep. I don't know if it's like a I don't know how, like, you check if they're, like, legit or not, but <laughs> I did a class. Could you do my makeup? Yeah. And it'd be fine? Oh, my God, I'd love to. I'd be watching so much RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm I don't dying. want that kind of makeup. <laughs> I'm dying to put makeup on a man. You know who... No, I don't want that kind of makeup. <laughs> you know who's been doing... So, on my Nat Geo show, we went out and we have a really small crew because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So, we have our, you know, nine or ten guys that are on the crew crew, but you can't bring anyone on unless they have a specific job, which... I guess in the old Wild West, two years ago, you just, everybody could come on, party, have a good time. But they were like, hey, nobody can come on because of COVID. And so this show doesn't require a lot of hair and makeup, some. But sometimes 
when I'm getting dunked in the water or I'm hanging out over the Grand Canyon, it's not like they're paying attention to your makeup. But so I, I told Caitlin, I said, hey, why don't you come on as my hair and makeup artist? She was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I was like, who cares? <laughs> and so I was like, just, just put some base stuff on me. Make me look good. And so for like the last three months, she's she actually getting pretty good at it now, but she has been my hair and makeup artist. And now she does it for the Opry as well. And now she's like ordering stuff. She's watching <laughs> YouTube stuff. And so now she's, she's doing that. But if she ever goes down, mm-hmm. I'm going to call you, but no eyeshadow. That's the only rule. It's going to be really hard for me to like not go all out. This is not RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> this record you did, uh, you wrote every song? Uh, yes. Was that important to you? Yes. I don't really have any like interest in singing something I didn't write, mainly because the writing is my favorite part of the whole thing. So that was kind of super important. Here is a Grey Goose. Before I play that, what's, what's, is Grey Goose about the alcohol? Um, it's actually about my boyfriend. <laughs> the one you have now? Yes. Okay, go ahead. So it's just about meeting him in a bar, and I kind of just wanted like a fun, like bad, cheesy pickup line love song. Okay, let me hear this. Walker Hayes produced the record, mm-hmm. the whole thing? Yeah. How was that? It was so much fun. I was like, I mean, when I've recorded in the past, it's been in big fancy studios, and we ended up recording all of this in his house, which was funny. He would, just, he would stop me singing and be like, sorry, I have to tell the kids to shut up. <laughs> and be like, please keep it down. He's got a lot of kids. Yeah. Six, right? Yeah. Six kids? Yeah. And, you know, I did a couple songs with Walker back in the day. I did Namaste with Walker. Mm-hmm. He's so encouraging he's like yeah that's it <laughs> and really it wasn't it but he but he was so encouraging that it made me want to do better did you find he was that way with you yeah that's what made it such a like easy and fun process because it wasn't like everything was like had to be perfect it was kind of just like just just feel it out and see what sounds good and yeah and then he um he told me that he doesn't know how to do any pitch corrections so that kind of was a bit of an ego boost <laughs> <laughs> so you had to sing it right on yeah yeah uh, I did an episode recently on this podcast about artists who don't like performing their biggest hits. Is it true you don't like performing out of the park? <laughs> Absolutely. 100% true. That's your, that's her biggest streaming song, yeah. right? I know. I know. And I should I should love to play it. but How many streams does Out of the Park have when you look on her page? Well, I'm on a different thing. Okay. This song was... I like this one still. You, just, you do? Yeah. Interesting. Had my share of losers, buyers, bad one line is wasted Friday nights. Had this is jam. Why don't you like playing it? I don't know. I feel like I sound so, like, different. I don't know. When you hear you sing, there is no accent. Yeah, no. Sometimes I put my accent in if I want something to rhyme. Oh, that's an interesting technique. <laughs> Maybe I should just put, like, a British accent when I want rhymes to happen. Yeah. Here, yeah, turn this up a little bit. No. Right, Mike? I like it. Yeah, don't be a hater toward your old music. <laughs> All right. You're basically I'll... Radiohead right now. <laughs> I'm coming back around to it. You're right, it's good. Your next single is Own Roses? Yes. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Let me hear some of this. I grew my own roses. Wasn't easy at the start. When you're not 
Why'd you pick that one as single? Well, the title of the whole project is called The Garden. So, and that's from a lyric that um, is from the Own Roses that's pretty much like I got the garden I deserved. And it's just kind of about my whole journey, like moving to Nashville and kind of starting from scratch again. So I just felt like that was the, the best choice and it made me cry when I wrote it. So I thought that maybe people would also cry. You made yourself cry. Yeah. I don't think I've ever created anything that made me cry. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Like I, I, <laughs> what I just did is I can't so believe it. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Even when I wrote like my first book, there was really sad stuff in there, and maybe I would get emotional remembering the sad stuff. But I've never created anything that evoked. And I've heard things, have seen things, but I've never created something that went like that thing I just created touched me so much <laughs> i mean i cry really easily anyway so it's not really like me clapping myself to be honest let me play the sister that you and uh, the song you and your sister co-wrote this is surprised from nikita carmen and desiree king i saw that some of the Big streaming service would give you some awesome spots. Mm-hmm. That's got to be exciting. Yes. Like I saw a big Spotify thing for you. That's that's super cool. Yeah, I know. It's like it makes such a difference when you release something and you like wake up in the morning and you're like, this is um, like put on playlists that maybe more people will actually listen to it. Yeah. Maybe somebody hears it and goes, hey, what is that? Oh, cool. Let me put a heart on it and save it and then play it more. And then maybe they're a fan of your music and... That's pretty cool. Yeah. And you know I'm always putting you on the uh, National I Heart Women of Country I know, show. I get so excited. Yeah. Like, <laughs> have you ever heard it on the radio? No. Oh, you've probably been out of the country for a lot of that. Yes, right? this I've weekend. Been. It's on this weekend? Yeah. Well, let me just sit in the car and just listen to that. There you go. And then record a video and be like, I'm on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I have like, a good car now that has like a, a radio that works. I saw a Jeep mm-hmm. drive in here. He just kind of sat there for a minute. <laughs> You're out in the, was a weird spot in the yard. And I was like, is she going to drive over here? <laughs> I was thinking about it. I guess I haven't seen you since I moved. Yeah. And so you drove here and you're like, what is, what's happening? Yes, pretty much. <laughs> uh, you, fun fact, Nikita was the first ever episode of the Bobbycast, except that was an unreleased episode where we just tested the equipment. <laughs> oh my yeah. God, I was going to say that when I came in. I was yeah. like, I've actually, I remember me and Ahmad were your first guests. You and Ahmad did it together? Well, he did one as well, I think. Oh, is that true? I think so. Well, we did. I mean, we just trashed it. We were just <laughs> <laughs> we were just seeing if the microphones worked. And so now here you go. You put out a whole record, and now you're on for real. You didn't want to go on the first time anyway. That that, that, that didn't count. This is the real one. All right. Uh, let me have one more song here. Why don't we play Picture Me? You wrote this one by yourself. Yeah. What's this about? Um, it's about my ex-boyfriend. Just, nice. Just... What does your current boyfriend think about your ex-boyfriend and the song? Um... Oh, he, my boyfriend never pays attention to the lyrics and anything I write. I will send him, like, the most beautiful love song, and then I was like, did you like it? And he's like, oh, I wasn't really listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here you go. Do you 
send this to your ex-boyfriend and go, hey, I wrote the song about you. Heads up. <laughs> Absolutely not. No? <laughs> no, he would not want to hear this. Do you keep up with him? Do you know what he's doing? Um, Not really. I mean, I saw him at a wedding when I went back to Australia, actually. This is when I went back with my current boyfriend. So, And his mom was there, too, so that was fun. Was it weird? Yeah. <laughs> Is your current boyfriend bigger than he is? Yeah. Yeah, nice. <laughs> there you go. Uh, one final song. This is Then Some. It's Nikita with Walker Hayes. I'll get over you and then Do you have a, a, a greyhound? Mm-hmm. You have two now? I'm fostering one. I saw that on your Instagram. Yeah. yeah. He, he is an absolute nightmare. Oh, we have a new dog. Mm-hmm. She's a nightmare yeah. too right now. I don't know. Like, I'm not used to it either because, I mean, Pim's my um, other greyhound. She was a nightmare, but she was really like scared and shy whereas this dog i'm like i swear this isn't a greyhound this is like a great dane and he just steals everything well congratulations <laughs> you got a, a whole record out called the garden mm-hmm. is out today i hope you guys that are listening check it out at nikita carmen on instagram n-i-k-i-t-a-k-a-r-m-e-n nikita carmen i'm proud of you thank you you glad to move to nashville i am glad i moved yeah, yeah i'm glad i did that little audition over skype for you <laughs> Uh, okay, there she is. Mike, anything you want to say? Just play out of the park next time. <laughs> yeah, stop being such a snob. All right, I'll play it. Thanks for having me Thank on. you. All right, there she is. Everybody check out the garden. There she is, Nikita Carmen. Maddie, how are you? Is this Bobby Bones? It is. It's great to talk to you, man. How are you, Bobby? Long time no see. I know. I haven't seen you since I was uh, up in your building and just trying to get a, a, a look-see in your studio to see the legend. I remember peeking in there, and I was like, I don't want to bother him. And there he was. Oh. With all you know my eyes. Me? Yeah, yeah. You're, oh, come on, man. Well, you're, the, you're, the, you're the king. No, nah, that's uh, not true. Da- dancing. What's that show? Dancing with the stars? <laughs> if, if you have to ask what's that show, you know I ain't the king. Yeah, I heard. I, I heard about it. Okay. I'm more like, uh, you got. You ever play uh, Lee Bryce records on your show? I, I have before, yes. I don't dance. That's mine. Okay. Well, let's celebrate you. I, I don't. I'm not here to talk about me. Listen, I'm so over me. I talk about me all the time. But you know, when I was reading about how you had spent, just celebrate your 40 year anniversary doing mornings there, working in radio, I was like, holy crap! Like, I can only dream of having a career that's two thirds of that. Honestly, like you've just been at such a high level for so long. And I hit up Mike and I said, hey, see if Maddie, because I don't want to reach out. Because if you say no to me, my feelings going to be hurt. But if you say no to Mike, I'm like, ah, oh, he just didn't want to do it. So. I said, reach out to Maddie and see if he wants to talk because I have a bunch of questions about his radio career. So I appreciate you humoring me here. Oh, Bobby, are you kidding me? You really want to put me on your radio show all uh, over the country? Of course. You're, you're the man. Okay. What do you want to know? Well, let me start with, because you've, you, know, you started in 1981 as far as Kiss 108 where you still are. And so I'm just right. curious about the 80s in general. And how in radio, like, I assume there were a lot of big stars that would come through and, and pop in on your show in the 80s. When you think about that and people you actually met in the 80s, who was it that you still look back and go, man, that was really freaking cool that I met them? Oh, uh, well, Oprah was cool. 
But that, yeah, Oprah back then? Yeah, the but early days? back then, the early, early days. Uh, not even the biggest of your life, but in the... Because for me in the 80s, that's like one years old. So, like, I look, <laughs> I look back and I'm like, man, what was it like to have someone come in the radio station in the 80s? You're on in Boston, you're rocking the whole place. Like, who comes, but does Madonna come by in the 80s? Did you ever meet the Beastie Boys? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, all those people. You know, all the Toms, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who else came by? I mean, everybody. You know, back in those days, um, before the Internet and everything, uh, celebrities went to radio stations. You don't really see that anymore. They come to see you because you've got a national show, but, you know, for a, just a... One market guy like me, nowadays, you know, they don't travel like they used to. But back then, anybody who had a movie or anything would tour the country. So, yeah, we had everybody. So, um, did you ever see someone back in, like, the 80s, late 80s, and then you ran into them, like, 20 years later, and they just kind of, they weren't what they used to be? And maybe back then they were kind of a jerk to you, and you're like, uh-huh, see what happens? You want to ask me about people I know that, crashed and burned <laughs> i was asking i was asking that in a nicer way i was trying to go around that in a nicer way you are people that i met that now are nobody again i'm not Some saying nobody I, from my experience there have been people that have come in my studio and really treated me like crap at one point and then all of a sudden they hit a, a down spurt and now all of a sudden they're trying to be your best friend again and i'm like well you treated me like crap the last time i saw you you're awfully dark, Bobby. Did you have something <laughs> bad happen? Uh, all my whole life. I have dead people. Yeah. I mean, Larry King just died. I met him, you know. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But no, I don't have a list of people who, well, some of them. I mean, I had, um, oh, what was his name? Um, Michael Douglas's brother. Yeah, he came in and he was doing uh, uh, cocaine on the <gasps> show. And then he wow. OD'd a little while later. Does that count? Yeah. That's a great story. He was doing coke. Oh, God. He was so mad at me. Oh, my God. He, lit he, he was sniffling. And I said, you know, can I give you a tissue? Would you like a tissue? And he got all mad because he equated that with the fact that he was doing blow right there in the studio. I didn't mean anything by it, you know. Do, you, re do you remember back your very first break during the mornings and, you know, when, when the show launched in 81? Well, uh, I, was like a, I was a rocker, you know. And I got this job at KISS, and back then, uh, they were changing from disco, but they were still kind of a disco station, really, when I started. And I was a rocker, so it was humiliating to all my friends that I worked at KISS, you know, disco socks and all that. Yeah, so I it really wasn't a... I, I couldn't really tell anybody that I went to KISS. It was embarrassing. <laughs> I watched... And honest to God. The beat. Honest to God. I, honest to God. I had a girlfriend at the time, and I wonder what ever happened to her. But uh, I said, look, uh, I had a TV show, a late-night TV talk show, and they hired me a kiss. And I said, you know, I'm a, I'll, I'll see. So, you know, I went to the boss of the TV station, and I said, uh, you know, I got this offer for, you know, a radio thing, but I don't know if, I mean, I'd rather stay on TV. And the guy looked at me and smiled and said, take the radio gig. So... <laughs> You know, I appreciated his honesty that my TV career was coming to an end, you know. And I, and I went to KISS, and I told my girlfriend at the time, I said, I'll do it for a couple months, and then I'll go back on TV. So that was literally almost to the day 40 years ago. And I was, here I am, still here.
Yeah, still here. I was watching the Bee Gees documentary on HBO Max where they talk about, you know, they had had many sounds, but their biggest was Saturday Night Fever, that soundtrack. And then once disco died, they went from being cool to being basically, you know, a pariah where nobody wanted to, to deal with them at all because everybody was embarrassed by disco. You, do you remember that yeah. at all? Sure. Well, that's what I was saying. I mean, like, how could you, like, my friends, you know, my stoner rocker friends, you're going to work for Kiss 108, the disco station? I said, well, I lost my TV gig, and they're the only ones that called me. You know, so, yeah. But, again, I was only going to do it for a couple of months, and I don't know if something happened. And I'm still here. You ever have celebrities over to your house? I had a studio in my house at one point, and I was talking to Al Gore, and he was running for president, and he was, at the time, the vice president of the United States. And my uh, twin girls, who were like, I don't know, five years old at the time, or something, came blasting into the studio, you know, killing each other, you know, pulling the hair and yelling and screaming. And I said, you know, I'm on the air right now, girls, with the vice president of the United States, but they didn't seem to care <laughs> at all. They didn't care at all. Yeah. Do you know if yeah. t Tom Brady listened to your show? Uh, I hope he doesn't listen to the show this year. Yeah, I guess, um, get we that. We were kind of down on him. Well, he left us, you know, Bob. You can't do that, you know. We're all, we're all rooting for him now, going to the Super Bowl. But, God, earlier this year, the way he left, and, you know, those commercials, I'm not going anywhere, I'm still here. He was lying. <laughs> <laughs> you took that pretty hard, huh? Yeah, I interviewed Tom one time, uh, and he was at a studio. I went, Tom Reddy kind of, you go to him, you know, he didn't come to us. And uh, he was getting um, blonde tips of his hair. It's kind of, you know, for a regular old rocker guy, that was sort of embarrassing, yeah. you know? Did you, like a, did you like Tom? Beauty like, as a guy, was he a cool guy? Well, like I said, he was getting blonde <laughs> <laughs> you know, tips and hair. I'm going, what's up with this? You know, that's not how I was raised. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, he was okay. He was a pro. You know, he was good. Most of the people, I'm sure you found the same thing, Bobby, that most of the people you meet are fine, are nice. You know, we only had a couple bad ones. You know? Huh? Marissa Tomei, we'll never have her on again. Okay, nice. Now we're getting somewhere. Marissa Tomei. Yeah. She, what happened, what, because I, listen, I can give you a, uh, Wendy Williams is the worst I've ever interviewed. We'll never have her on again. She's awful. Her husband tried to Ooh. beat, her, her husband tried to beat me up after I interviewed, Wendy Williams, the talk show host. Oh. Awful. Yeah, and you know who else was bad? Um, uh-oh, uh, Drew Barrymore. Yeah, what, what happened there? Weird attitude. Well, usually the ones that are bad are like, um, you know, they make a movie, and you're supposed to go see the movie before they come on. And so when she realized I didn't see her movie, she had a bad attitude. You know, like she goes, like, well, what do you mean you didn't see my movie? And I go, well, you ever heard my radio show? <laughs> no. So, you know, hey, you know, that's not right. But, uh, and yeah, and then there was the guy doing Blow in the studio. I told you about him. Yeah, you ever think about writing but a book? For the most part, for the most part, guys, everybody was, you know, it's been a great run, you know. Let me ask about radio specifically for, for a minute. How many phone calls back in, like, the 90s and early 2000s would you get for song requests versus now? Because it's just not the same animal as far as getting in touch with us. Boy, that's so weird you should say that because we were just talking about that today. Yeah, yeah people, 
different. They don't, I mean, people listen to the radio in the car, but, you know, their favorite songs, they've already, you know, heard them. You know, whether it be our app, the iHeart app, or Pandora, uh, Pandora or Spotify, or, you know what I mean? Like, you're right, that people um, in modern times have so many ways to get the music. The funny thing is, it's good for business, because, you know, they're not coming for the music, they're coming for, for us. Mostly you, but okay. a little bit of me. You know what I mean? A lot of you. If you had to pick... The number, this is a tough one, the number one most requested song of your career, where you're like, this song was so freaking big, you couldn't turn a corner, and it would not be splashing right in front of your face. What's the number one most requested song of your career? Well, Bob, I don't really listen to the music. (laughs) (laughs) But that doesn't mean you're not in the room, or you're not with a program director. Well, yeah, I mean, they like, even nowadays, like, awful. Like, for me. I hate the music. I listen to country music. I would listen to you way <laughs> longer than I would listen to me. For I, I swear to God. In my career. Oh, my God. I, I like to, ever heard the Justin Bieber song we play every five minutes? Oh, it's awful. Which one are you playing? I, I'm fond of Justin Bieber. Which song do you hate the most? That I hate the most? Yeah. Uh, that Lonely. Oh, that's a jam. Lonely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not even good yodeling. It's like if it was a good yodeler, you know, I would like it. It's not. It's bad yodeling, you know. Lonely. Oh man, are See, you kidding? I like it. I think that's a pretty good song, yeah. but that we have different tastes, obviously. Um, well, I, you know what's weird? I mean, you do a country show. I, that's what I like. On my 40th anniversary, Lee Bryce calls me, right? And I love Lee Bryce, you know. Because it's our song. My wife and I, it's our song, uh, Hard to Love. <laughs> <laughs> you and your Hard wife have been love. together for how long? A little over 20 years. What's the, what's the, what's the key to that, that, that successful marriage? We um, acknowledge it, that uh, having a really good marriage is, um, it, is rare at times. And, uh, and we're really good at that. We're really good at, um, well, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's another Lee Bryan song. You know, the song was a love like crazy or whatever, and he said, never get too old to call her baby and, you know, overused, I love you. Come on, Lee Bryce is my guy. You are literally, and, he's, you're a real-life Lee Bryce fan. You've now quoted two songs. Yeah, yeah. So, um, not legit, I mean, but I'm glad you asked, because that's of, of my life. Uh, you know, I've been married before, so I know what a bad marriage feels like. Um, and so we're... Very lucky, and I'm I'm lucky. I don't know if she's lucky, but I'm lucky. You know, we have a great marriage. What time do you uh, wake up in the morning these days? A couple minutes before the show starts. You know. Do you have a do do you have a fancy driver? Does someone drive you to work? No, I'm out of my house now. Oh, okay. With the pandemic, yeah, I moved. I don't even live in Boston anymore. Wait, that's not true. Are you? I don't know if you're messing with me or not. No, I'm not messing with you. I live in Florida. I live in Palm Beach. Yeah. Did the listeners know that? Well, they didn't know at the first year. Well, it was the pandemic thing. Like, I had a place in Florida, and we were down here uh, a couple winters ago, and, you know, I was broadcasting from a studio down there in West Palm. And um, so 
even with the pandemic and craziness and we were number one in the ratings so you know i kind of do what i want and um i asked if i could build a studio in my house and broadcast from my house and they said sure and you know like i see my whole team on screens and everything you know do you think you'll do will you do that for the rest of your career God, you think I'm going back to Boston? It's five degrees there. I just got <laughs> off the golf course. Are you kidding? Yeah, no, I ain't going back. I mean, I miss it. I mean, I love that town, and they were great to me, and still are. But you know, I mean, I'm on. You know, I'm on the other. I'm on the back nine. Actually, I'm walking up the 18th fairway right now. And how much longer can I do this? That's the question. How much longer do you plan to do that? I mean, I got a couple more years of my contract. Um, but I would, I'd like to have the Howard Stern deal where you work like three days a week. That'd be good. Um, but yeah, I like the money. You know, I mean, so to answer your question, a couple of years probably. At what point years. in your radio career did you feel like, man, financially, like I'm doing pretty freaking good? Didn't quite expect it like this. Well, I, I don't know how much you make. More than I should, Maddie. Yeah, I don't make Bobby Bones money, but you know, you know, well into the seven figures, obviously. I've been making, like, I can't believe they're paying me this money probably 10 years, you know. And um, yeah, they've been great. I mean, you're an iHeart guy, you know, they good little company. They take care of us, I think. That they do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, do you still enjoy it? I'm going to ask you that. You, here you are, 40 years in, you wake up in the morning, it's. It takes me about an hour to get into the show before I start to feel loose. But do you ever, do you still enjoy it? I do. Well, first of all, they're like my best friends. I mean, Billy Costa, who was my, you know, wingman on the show, uh, we're best friends in real life. I mean, he's my best friend. So I do the show with my best friend. So that's like really great. Uh, the downside is, you know, a lot of the stuff we talk about is Top 40 Station, you know, like, do I care that Halsey is having a baby? I mean, no offense, but some I'm saying that's that's the downside, you know. But uh, other than that, pretty good. Why not flip you know, over and go do talk or go do you know a, a format where the audience is a bit older? Well, they pay me millions of dollars to talk about Halsey's pregnancy, so why would I leave? You know, I mean, it's kind of like. The thing about it that's, that's so unbelievable, and I know you can relate to this, so unbelievable, that there are all these people out there who, you know, have, how do I put this, have a fondness for me. You know, I, don't, I can't believe it. Like, you know, you, you say I'm humble. I, it's more than humble. It's shocking. You know, it's just shocking that I, you know, I go to a restaurant in Boston and everybody comes over and says hi, and that's like, Whoever would have dreamed that? That's crazy. Did you ever have an issue with crazies coming to your house or physically uh, threatening you? Um, amazingly, no. I mean, sort of, kind of once, um, you know, back when I was single and, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I think one time I like flirted. Those were in the days where you'd do gigs at clubs, you know. You'd be out and you'd be buzzed and maybe occasionally say, the wrong thing to a girl that was attached to someone much bigger than me, you know, stuff like that a couple times. But 
nothing politically. You know, uh, I'm not a Trump fan. So when I, if I say stuff about Trump that's negative, you know, I've gotten a few emails, you know, um, you know, shut up and play a record or whatever they say. But um, never anything. I've never felt in danger. No. I knew a guy in Tucson, Arizona got killed. Remember that story? This is called a long time ago. No, tell me about he got it. Shot. He got shot. A guy got shot. He said something, you know, somebody pulled up to him in the car and shot him. Imagine that. But no, I have been very lucky in that regard. Did they shoot him because of something he said on the air? Because I got shot? Yeah. Was it because he said something on a show that, that irritated someone? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that was the guess. I mean, it could have been a loved one. You know, it could have been a jealous guy or something. But, you know, he was literally leaving the radio station in his car. When you were a morning guy at KISS 108 when it first started or even the 90s, did you ever have any other radio guys you looked at and said, dang, like I admire what they're doing. I'd like to do something not the same, but I'd like to kind of have that same path. Well, when I was coming up, I grew up in New York. And, you know, there were a lot of New York guys and the rock stations that I liked. Um, they're all long gone now. I mean, these, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Jimmy Rabbit. These guys go way back. Jonathan Schwartz out of New York. I was a fan of his. Um, you're talking a thousand years ago, you know. Um, when I first started, and I, I, um, I didn't know how to do top 40. You know, I was a rocker, you know, I was saying. And uh, so they sent me to L.A. and sit in with Rick Dees. Remember Rick Dees? I do. You know, well, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, the company sent me to sit in with Rick and, uh, you know, watch what he does. But we have a very different kind of show. How you know, was I, he, I don't do it. Though. How was Rick Dees to you when you met him? No, polite. You know, we're from... You know, he's very different. He's a southerner, and he said to me, so you're of the Jewish faith. And I went, oh, boy, where's this going? <laughs> you know, that's my memory of Rick Dees, but, but it was fine. I played golf with him. He's much better than me. How, how good are you yeah, at golf now? Golf. Yeah, I would always hear that you would leave the, the show, finish your meetings, oh. and you have a tea time basically every day. Yeah, but that, that, there's no reflection on my love of the game and my ability to play the game. They don't dovetail at all. You would think that at the amount of golf I play that I would somehow have gotten the hang of it. But, uh, you know, I have a... Yeah, I, th- I spend more money on golf balls than anything. What's your, handi- what's your handicap, though? Let's be for real. No, I'm horrible. I'm like a 17, you know. Like, yeah. I mean, I should be better than that. But are you a golfer? Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I look at you and Dancing with the Stars, you're probably like a nine. Uh, I mean, if I'm really playing a lot, I just travel so much. I'm probably about an 11 right now. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, well, you're that guy. Hey, if, you know when those black glasses you wear, mm-hmm. is there a prescription in there? Absolutely. Clear glass. No, my right, my right eye doesn't work at all, and that's part of the issue. And then my left eye is fading as well, so I'm kind of dealing with two different issues. One, to protect my eye that's the only good eye and you know the other one is actually a working lens so yeah that i'm definitely you know uh vision impaired you but you ever uh talk to anybody an agent or anything about doing contacts or something because that's like sort of like your thing the glasses you know well i'm such a generic white guy like i'm just i'm not that good looking but i'm okay i'm i'm not extremely tall but i'm tall enough like everything about me is just average 
So, yeah, mm-hmm. through default, the glasses just kind of became my thing because I had nothing else about me. So uh, I got a contact about three months ago for the first time ever because I have a, a new show that's coming out on Nat Geo and Disney Plus, a TV show, and I have to do some really crazy, like, active stuff. And so I got it just in case I lost my glasses. But otherwise, I, I wear my glasses. Okay. But, hey, yeah. listen, listen, let me say this. I know that you've been, you know, a little funny with me. You kind of put down, you know, you're acting like it's not a big deal. But let me tell you, I admire you as a talent. I admire your longevity. I admire all the rules that you broke that allowed me to come along and kind of re-break those rules and not get in as much trouble for it. And so you are massive to our industry. You are massive to Boston, obviously a town that I love so much. And, you know, obviously I don't live there, but we're up there enough that I really feel like I love the people. And I just wanted to say thanks for what you do. You really set a great example for someone like me. Well, I don't know what to say, man. That just, I'm so flattered. I can't, you know, I don't, yeah. I mean, like to me, it was like, kept going to work and they pay me and so I go to work but that the fact that you feel that way and I mean my career means something to your career is, is wonderful and I'm honored that you feel that way well congratulations I aspire to have the longevity that you have and thank you for spending a few minutes with me Maddie I appreciate that Bob I, 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 I can't say this enough I'm just so flattered that you feel this way uh, I got the call that, to talk to you and I go Bobby Bones, he's like on a hundred radio stations and TV and all that stuff. I'm just like a little DJ in Boston. So the fact that you feel that way is, you know, you just, it's great. I really am flattered. I'll let you get back to your warm lifestyle. It is uh, 23 degrees here right now. And hopefully mm-hmm. one day I'll see you again. Do you, let me ask you before you go. Yeah. Right. I'm trying to hit a draw off the tee and I can't do it. It keeps losing it to the right. You're right. You you're right-handed. I'm assume. Assuming. Yes. Yeah. I'm not finishing. Is that what I'm doing? So I'm left. I'm left-handed, and I have to finish extra hard to get that draw because I have a lot of trouble closing my hands. Just as an, an instinctually, I don't close my hands as much as I should, and so I uh-huh. I really have to get my my elbow in. I'm not telling you how to swing your club, but for me, I have to make sure my elbow is in and that I'm already turning my hands earlier than I think I should. Don't listen to my tip, but that's what I have to do. That's a fantastic tip. And, and you know, someday we'll, uh, we'll meet in person and uh, we'll have a couple of beers. All right, Maddie. See you later. See you, pal. All right, bye-bye. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.